Hello, welcome to the Excel Books Podcast. This is your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. If you are new to my show, please visit me on the web at www.xelbooks.com. I provide a host of services just to help you either create your business or take your business to the next level. So, let's get into what I want to talk about. So, as you know, if you've been listening and following me along, you know that we are in wedding season. Oh my gosh, I'm getting married. Um, (laughs) So, last time I gave you, I started it off, you know, I know you waited forever. Molly, talk about the wedding. Um, So, we talked about inclusion last time, the importance of you know, including your mate and whether or not you want to include other people in your wedding circle, um, you know, or in your relationship period, you know, what limits do you need to set? And um, before I get any further, I'm going to let you know, I am driving my car. Yes. So if you hear the vroom vroom in the background or the little clicker of a turn signal, I apologize for the, uh, the rattles and the noise and all that. Um, but I just wanted to get this out, you know, while I was thinking about it and I just didn't want to leave you without another episode. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is confidence. And this, this is, I'm going to get a little deep here with you, get a little deep. So when I say confidence in the realm of marriage, I'm talking about two things. I'm talking about confidence in yourself and confidence in your spouse. And this is really, really huge because a lot of relationships fail because they don't have, they don't have enough confidence in each other or they don't have enough confidence in themselves, you know, for it to last. I know you're like, Molly, what are you talking about? Break it down for me. I'm so glad you asked. So I'm going to talk about confidence first as far as in your mate and some of the struggles you, um, how you can overcome these struggles. So as you know, the man that I'm getting ready to marry is my ex-husband. This is our third time marrying each other. Yes, I know. It's odd. How the heck? But it's true. We married each other, divorced, married, divorced. And now we're remarrying for the final time. And in the midst of this, you know, as I gave a allusion to, you know, in our previous episode, is in the first two times we married each other, there was a lot of things that really broke trust, right? Um, there was, you know, just to give you a little bit of transparency, there was a lot of, there was some infidelity that went on. Um... I won't say who or what or whatever because I never want to shame anyone. Um, I try to respect my husband at all costs. But there was a lot of uh, infidelity in some extreme situations. You know, nothing like abuse, nothing like that. So, you know, if you're listening and you're concerned, I'm okay. There was never any abuse to me or anything like that. Um, But they were things that most people, most even the church a lot of times would be like, you don't have to stay married to this guy you know, because of whatever. We've been, you know, we've 
you know, faced all that, we've gotten through it, so we're good. But because those circumstances happened, and I, you know, I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna go there a little bit because I feel like it needs to be said, and I feel like there's somebody listening today that you don't know how to deal with this situation. So I'm gonna go there for you. This this episode is for you. I'll say that there was a time in the two first two marriages with him where he was not faithful. And I mean blatantly not faithful. Not like, oh, I kind of suspect. Not the, oh, well, I think he might. I'm not talking about the, I'm just nervous and you just start making up things in your head. No, I'm talking about I have proof after proof after proof after proof where, you know, I didn't even have to look for evidence anymore. I had enough evidence that, you know, I could have displayed it in three different ways. And there was no way to deny that the unfaithfulness was not there. Now, if you've ever been cheated on, ever, it is one of the hardest things to do to regain trust with that person. Why? Because you've, you've been violated emotionally. You, your, you know, your confidence that you placed in them has been played with. And now you're uncertain. And, you know, uncertainty can be one of the most dangerous things that we can ever uh, face or deal with. And I have been there many times, even before I got married. Um, you know, people that I dated, like I... I can count on one hand the number of people I ever dated that was faithful to me. Um, but because I've been cheated on so many times, if a guy I was with so much as looked at another woman, you know, I was like, that's it. It's over. They're like, what? I didn't do anything. Yeah, you were looking at her. You were going to cheat on me. I'm gone. You know, this is how broken I was, how scarred I was from things that happened. And when you add all of that baggage into a marriage... And then you add on that, you know, spouse was unfaithful to you. Your confidence can get shattered. And if you've been through that and you're listening today, I want you to know you're not alone. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to say, you know what, I feel like crap right now. I know, you're like, Molly, you can't say that as a Christian. Why did you say crap? Because I couldn't think of any other words in the Christian vocabulary to express it, okay? If you think of a better word, please let me know, because I, I need education. I always need help. So, here it is. We're getting married for the third time. And those memories start creeping back up. Now, he has been faithful. He has not cheated. He has not done anything since then gone through therapy and counseling and all these kinds of things multiple times we've sought family help professional help you name it we've got it but that doesn't erase that memory it doesn't erase the sting of what happened so then the question comes up how how can I be confident with my spouse how can I be confident even though I have the memory of what happened because you can't erase it, you know, but you have to learn to move in spite of it. And one of the things I have learned that's helped me is I give myself permission to remember. 
I know, I know you're like, what? Permission to remember? Yes. So especially if you're listening and you're a Christian and, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, you know, we repent, you know, and then God cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and, you know, if he's forgiven it and let it go, we should forgive and let it go. And what I've learned is, yes, you can forgive. Yes, you can uh, not dwell on it and not hold it over people's heads. But you have every right to remember. Now, I'm not saying dwell on it. There's a big difference between remembering and dwelling. Molly, what are you talking about? Remembering is, okay, you're going throughout life and it just happens to pop up in your head and you feel a certain kind of way and you have to deal with that and then you move on. That's remembering. Dwelling is, it consumes you. The thought is always in your mind. It's always something you act upon. It's now impacted the way you see life. You, you can't even treat people normally because that thing just keeps coming up at any time. Even if the person changes their behaviors and everything, you're still looming that over their head. That's dwelling. We don't want to do dwelling. You can remember though. So if you find yourself having an emotional trigger, you know, so for example, just give you something kind of cheery, you know, say you're used to, you know, your spouse never puts the dishes away. And every time they uh, wash the dishes, they leave them wet sitting on the counter and you get ready to grab a plate and you put your hand on the counter and you're in a puddle. You know, and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, they're going to do it again. And they haven't done it in years, but now you're just like, the counter's wet. It's like, it's not wet. It's dry. You know, you have to really evaluate where you're at. And you're like, Molly, you're going in circles. So let me try to backtrack this a little bit, kind of break it down for you. In addition to being allowed to remember what happened and allowed to remember that, hey, something happened to me that I didn't like, you also have to remind yourself that this is not that. I think it was uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes that talked about it at one point, and I never heard the whole sermon, but he said this one phrase, and it stuck with me, and I was like, thank you, Jesus, I'm going to try that. And he kept saying, this is not that, meaning don't treat today like it was yesterday. Why? Because you can, you're you literally robbing yourself of your own joy. You're robbing, you're stealing your own happiness. And I know some people are like, no, it's the enemy because this wouldn't have happened had the enemy not did this, 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 this. That's true to a point. But what I've learned is that, you know, you know the scripture that says give no foothold, give no place to the devil. I believe that we give away our own power in our relationships sometimes. You know, we we sometimes, if we're not careful, we'll just give the enemy free open reign and say every little thing they do wrong, I'm going to remember it forever and I'm just going to dwell on it and I'm just going to be sour and bitter and not forgive and I'm just going to hate it and every time he says I'm pretty, I'm going to tell myself he's lying and all this stuff and the devil's like, thank you for the ammunition don't give the enemy ammunition 
remind yourself, this is not that. Today is not yesterday. This marriage is not the previous marriage. This, this relationship is not like it was before. I am not that. I am not the woman I was before. He is not the man he was before. This is not that. By giving yourself a clear distinction between what was and what is, you are now opening the door for your peace. That's where your confidence starts to grow. Now, how do you do that? Right? I just gave you, you know, the concept. Well, let's give you a how, right? Because it's really easy to say, okay, just tell yourself this is not that. But it's hard, right? Especially, you know, for someone like me, cheated on multiple times. I'm like, come on. Like, I know I'm not Barbie, but doggone it, you know, the Lord made me beautiful because he said we're all marvelous, marvelously and wonderfully made. So I must be hot stuff because God made me that way, right? <laughs> um, but yet I kept getting cheated on. So one of the practical ways that I did it, and, you know, it may sound goofy to you, but it helped me. I got a dry erase marker. Yep, dry erase marker from my local Dollar Tree or wherever you get your dry erase markers from. And I wrote on my bathroom mirror, on picture frames that had glass frames in my house, anywhere that I could write it. I wrote something to myself to give me confidence both in my mate and in myself. So for example, I would write on my mirror, I am worthy. I am beautiful. I'm in a safe place. I'm treasured. I'm valued. I make wise decisions. I chose a great partner. My partner loves me. My partner's faithful to me. And I would just put it on random picture frames throughout my house, anything that had glass on it. I would write on it. I even one time I printed out a picture of like a little rose, you know, for love. And then I put like, I am worthy of true love. And I have true love. I deserve it. I, I receive it. I am full of it. I will live in a, a blissful marriage. And I wrote these things and surrounded myself with it. I wrote it on my refrigerator, like everywhere I could write it. I got post-it notes, put it on my computer monitor. Like people probably thought I was crazy. And then when I got really, really bad, I literally decorated my steering wheel with post-it notes. I know you're like, Molly, have you lost it? At the time, yes. Um, but what I did was I literally put post-it notes all throughout my car, like on the steering wheel, on the dashboard that I don't use. Like I put it everywhere so that every time I got in my car, I would see it. And then I would write in little tiny, tiny letters, you know, like in the little rear view mirrors, like, you know, be at peace. God's got your relationship or God's got you or something. And I wrote it and I did this for a couple of months until the questions in my mind decided to leave until I gained confidence because you know we speak the word and when we speak it it's coming out of our mouth our mouth gate and it goes into our ears because we're hearing it in our ear gate you know and and then it gets on the inside of us so I kept doing that until I no longer needed to 
And there are moments where I get a trigger again and I notice it keeps coming up. I'm like, all right, let me go back to it. Keep putting it in front of me. Keep putting it in front of me. Because I didn't trust myself to just say, okay, think happy thoughts. That's not enough for me. I needed something tangible and practical to help me do that. And as a result, I started having more confidence in both my mate and in myself. Because really, you know, if we really talk about trust in its rawest form, trust is not earned, it's given. It's given. Why do I say it's given and not earned? Because if it were earned, there are people in this world who have worked for years to regain the trust and belief of people, but yet they still don't get it. Why? Because they just, someone won't give them that trust. You can't earn it. Because if trust was all about merit, nobody would have it, right? We're all flawed. We all have something that we're not doing right or didn't do right or something, you know, somewhere we could improve. So instead, for trust, we have to give it. And we have to believe that our God, who tells us to forgive 70 times, 7 times a day, would not leave us in a weird scenario and not back us up. Now, let me give the caveat, because I want to protect you, and I want to make sure that you know that I'm not just speaking any old kind of thing. If you are in an abusive relationship, I'm talking about someone is beating you, or trying to take your life, or hurt your children or something, that is not the, oh, let me forgive and stay with them. No, that is the enemy trying to steal your life. And that is not the will of our Father who wants us to have life and life abundantly. So, if that is your scenario, do not apply what I just said because that doesn't apply to that scenario. I'm talking about normal situations. Things like, okay, well, they didn't do well with the finances and so now you don't trust them with the bank account. Okay, you can apply these things to help you get confident in them. Um, The other side of this confidence... Is confidence in you. What do you mean by that, Molly? I'm talking about confidence in not only your ability to make a decision to be with them and and all of that and to forgive them and know that they're going to make better decisions going forward. But I'm talking confidence in how you believe in your own appearance, your own attractiveness. And this, this is huge, especially, you know, and I'm, I'm talking to people who've been cheated on. I'm talking to you because I've been there. I've done that. I know what you're feeling. And I want to comfort you. And, and I want to help you out of this because it's a hard thing to do. If you've been with anyone who's been unfaithful to you, and this happens to men too. So men, this is for you as well. It's not all about ladies. If you've had someone that you loved that's been unfaithful to you, it does something to your your confidence. It does something to your swag. It, it, it impacts you in such a way that you start questioning whether or not you're really attractive. You know, or worse yet, you go out and try to prove that you're attractive. And you do this by you know, trying to wear certain things or 
uh, more makeup or guys that start working out and then they start trying to, you know, you start trying to sleep with people, you know, that you have no business sleeping with, you know, just a lot of things that we do just to try to regain that confidence, right? That is not, I repeat, that is not how you build confidence in yourself because your confidence doesn't come from other people. It comes from inside of you. It comes from a personal belief in your own value, in your own self-worth. That's how you build that confidence. And you have to start really with just you. I know you're like, Molly, this is not helping me. (laughs) I know you're like, Molly, I just need you to pet me up and tell me that, yes, you know, join my channel every day and get motivated and all that. I don't want to do that because the truth is, I can't want it more than you can want it for yourself. No no single number of motivational videos is going to fix that problem in you until you fix it in yourself, in your mind. It starts there. And you have to start by believing in yourself, knowing that you deserve to be confident. You um, don't have to compete for confidence. You have to start with, no matter what I look like, whether I'm, I'm tall or short or thin or, or, or plus sized or, you know, freckled or not, or, you know, injured or, or not, whatever it is, I'm gorgeous. I'm handsome. You have to start there, but that starts in the mind. So I know you're like, Molly, how did you do it? Are you totally confident? I am not 100% confident. <laughs> I am not going to lie to you. I'm not 100% confident. Um, I struggle with this. There are times I look in the mirror and I'm like, I do not recognize the person I see. I don't like it, um, especially because of the health challenges that I have. And I think I talked about that in a previous episode, so I won't ruin our wedding part with this. But this is something that I had to deal with. And I'm going to tell you a real quick scenario that happened with me and how, as a couple, we fixed this issue on our road to marriage or I'll say on a road to restoration. So I just came back from date night, right? I had date night with my, my future spouse, um, you know, which is the first of many, you know, we're like, hey, we're going to date each other. This is, we're not messing this up like we did before. We will date and all that. And the funniest thing happened. So before date night, um, my spouse goes and he bought me a surprise wig. Because I wear a lot of wigs, um, you know, because for health reasons, it's too much for me to try to do my hair. I just can't physically handle doing my hair that often. And so a wig is just a perfect solution for me. And he got me a wig that is just way out of my character. And when I say way out of my character, let me describe it. It's blue. Yeah. Yeah, blue hair. Um, I've got this, and not like a little blue, not like a blue streak. I mean, like the whole doggone wig is blue. And he's like, oh my gosh, this is going to look so good on you. And I'm like, okay. Um, so all of my confidence, uh, steps were being put to the test. I'm like me and blue. Okay. All right. I could, I could do this. I can try this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Absolutely. Now, I didn't know this was supposed to be like, hold on to the wig till wedding night. I thought he wanted me to wear the blue wig like all the time. 
So the first thing I did for our date was I put on the blue wig. (laughs) And I didn't know how to, I don't know about you. I'm very analytical. I could not figure out how, what to wear. What do you wear with a blue wig? Right? It's blue. And not like a dark blue. I'm talking like bright, like oceanic, you know, crystal diamond blue, like blue. And I'm like, what do you wear with a blue wig? I have no idea what on earth matches with a blue wig. Like, I'm lost. It was so bad. I took my kids to the store with me to go shopping to find something to match with my blue wig. And you're like, seriously? Yes, that's how serious it was. I was like, I gotta look good for my date. You know, so I'm going through, and I mean, I went through wardrobe chaos. So... I'm being transparent with you guys because this is about confidence, right? This is wedding confidence. So I'm trying to look good for my mate, right? You know, I'm going to go see my fiance. We're going to have dinner tonight in the midst of this pandemic stuff going on. And I wanted to look pretty, you know, and I went and he got me this wig. So I'm like, I'm going to wear this wig and look good for him. And I get to the, um, I get to the store. There's not a lot of options. I pick out like two things that I'm like, okay, if I wear this, I can pretty much get myself, you know, I I think I can match with this. I can pull this off. And so I'm excited, right? I've got all the little things to wear. I rush home, get all freshened up, put the outfit on. It looks horrible. I mean, not a little horrible. Like I looked at it, I bought this dress, I put it on and I said, oh my gosh, I look like an old woman. It was so bad. I asked my son, I said, son, what do you look like? He said, oh, you look old. I said, see, I told you. He said, why does it look like that? I don't know. (laughs) I was like, I didn't go where older women shop. I don't know why it looks like that. It looks horrible on me. So I take that off. I'm like, okay, I'm going to wear the shirt. I wear the shirt. I was like, this doesn't look right on me. I was like, okay, then I try something else. This doesn't fit. I put the other pants on. I can't get my thighs through here. What's wrong? And so it was so frustrating. Like by the time I left, I ended up settling for pants and some kind of semi-dressy t-shirt that I, not even t-shirt, just a semi-dressy top. And I did not feel confident. I'm in a hair color I'm not used to. I'm in blue. Uh, I'm wearing bright yellow pants and a striped shirt because it's the only thing I could find in my wardrobe that I could fit that was clean that didn't look like I was a bum. And I don't know about you, but you know, you're going on a date, you want to feel good, right? You want to feel like you at least look attractive in your mind. You can't control what the other person's going to think, but you can control what you think about yourself. And I felt like I felt like an ugly, soggy sandwich. I was like, this is not right. And I mean, it was so bad. I mean, I'm in the car. I'm trying to put on moisturizer and, you know, I'm checking like, do I have any nose peeling anywhere, you know, and and my ashy, you know, like maybe I should brush the wig more. Like I'm doing all this trying to look cute. And for the first time, because if you know me, you know, I'm normally never late on a date. I'm usually like extremely early to everything. So for me to be late was chaos. And thank God, you know, my fiance, he's perfectly okay with it. And what's interesting was what happened when I arrived. He said, I'm so glad you said 
that you were having wardrobe problems and that you didn't feel confident because I had the exact same issue tonight and I feel horrible about how I look. I don't even like what I'm wearing. I don't like the t-shirt that I'm wearing. It's just the only thing I could find that fit me decently. I was like, really? He said, yeah, I was afraid that you were going to look absolutely fabulous and I was going to have to sit here and look like a hot mess. So here we are to, you know, engage people looking at each other like, I don't like how I look. I don't like how you look. And we're like, you know, we want to be comfortable. Let's just forget looking nice. Let's just be comfortable. He's like, you have a t-shirt? I said, I don't have a good t-shirt that I can wear that actually fits me and isn't going to choke my neck or, you know, too tight in the arms or too tight in the midsection or too short or something. I just don't have anything like that. So we decided to make a, before we went to go eat, we said we are going to find a store. And we spent like the first hour of our date finding a local store that had uh, casual shirts that we could put on. So we went to the store and we got me like the most plain casual shirt you could find. Um, It was so plain that I couldn't figure out. I had to Google what this meant. So you're probably listening and you're like, I know exactly what that means on a t-shirt. I had no idea. So I found this shirt that says drip. Now, I don't know about you. When I hear the word drip, I think of water from a faucet. So I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't look like water from a faucet. There's a flower on it. I don't know what that means. I hope I hope it doesn't mean anything derogatory or anything, but, you know, it's comfortable, so I'm going to get it. And then I got him a plain t-shirt, and we said, we're just going to go ahead and change real quick and wear that shirt on our date. And I had to Google it. Thank God, you know, the drip doesn't mean anything bad. It means, that you know, you're confident in your style and you feel that you look cool, um, you know, cool or attractive. And we felt so much better being in a t-shirt that fit both of us that we didn't have to stretch to fit in. And why did I tell you that, that funny date story that I had tonight? Because confidence is not something that you have to do alone in a marriage. This is something that I made a mistake on the first two times I was married. I made the mistake that confidence is my job. It's something I have to fix. I have to know the answers. I have to deal with me. I have to go to therapy alone. I have to, you know, listen to motivational CDs alone. And I was having this own battle in a silo from my, from my spouse. And it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. So this time around, we said, we're not going to do that anymore. I was like, look, I don't feel confident. He's like, oh, really? You too? Oh, okay. Well, what are we going to do about it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what where to start. And we're like, okay, well, let's start with getting comfortable. And then we'll make a plan tomorrow. And we'll work on getting rid of anything in our wardrobe that we can't fit. If we can't fit it, if it doesn't flatter us, we don't feel pretty in it or handsome in it, we're going to toss it. And we're on a journey of confidence together. And I just wanted to say this because if you are getting married and you're worried about your weight or you're worried about your, your I don't know, your hair, or you're like, do I really look this good? Are they still going to love me in five years? Or, you know, or if you're worried about your physical abilities, um, I'm just going to say this to be transparent. My spouse and I are not, we're not spring chickens anymore. 
we are not at the stage where I can say, oh yeah, I can, you know, I'm super thin and I can do jumping jacks and, you know, let's go for a hike and a walk. No, when we hear the word go for a walk, both of us reach for knee braces, ankle braces, Motrin, uh, you know, an asthma inhaler. We've got pillows, a portable chair in case we need a break and our cane because we have injuries and health problems that we're dealing with and we're just not in that state. I can't say to my mate, sure, I'm going to go running with you. It's not going to happen in this current stage of life that I'm in. Now, I'm working with doctors and I believe God for healing and all of that. But I'm also, you know, very honest with where I'm at in life. And where I'm at in life right now is I need to have a lot more support to do basic things. Um, and I'm also going to touch on this real briefly. I may do another episode on it. We'll see what God says. I also want to talk to you real briefly about confidence in the bedroom. Now, I'm not going to go into anything, you know, graphic or anything like that. So if you're listening like, oh my gosh, Molly, don't go there. Uh, trust me, not going there in that way. But I'm going to say this. Confidence in the bedroom, in marriage, is not about all the positions that you know how to be in. It's not about a show. It's not about what you saw on TV. It's about being comfortable in your own skin and communicating with your mate about what you are able to do and willing to do and what is just completely off the table. Confidence does not mean perfection. You don't need to be a, a, a sexual prowess to do this. You don't have to be, you know, guys, you don't need to be a bodybuilder and feel like you have to do all this extra stuff to perform and all that. No, be who you are and be honest with your spouse. One of the most beautiful things I love about my fiance, and we've actually had this talk the other day, uh, just preparing for marriage, and we talked and said, he said, I can't perform like I did the first time we, we met. I said, I'm not expecting you to. <laughs> He's like, really? I said, well, who, who is measuring you? Who's putting this pressure on you? He said, well, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I just thought, you know, that... You might expect me to be like it was when we met. I said, we met in our 20s. You're not 20. <laughs> you know? um, I don't care. You know, all I care about is, do you want to be with me? Can I come home every night and know that you're there? Are you okay with me and the skin that I'm in and exactly the way I'm at right now? And if it changes, are you still going to love me and stay with me? If the thought of being next to me in bed does not repulse you, then I think we're all right. And that gave him confidence. And then I, you know, and I was able to be honest. I said, now look, I, I might need to take a break. Um, I might need a water break. I might need to stretch first. Um, I, mean, I might need some help because of the health challenges I have. And he's okay. None of that deterred his confidence in me or us in preparation for that day. And, and I want to mention this because especially if you're restoring a marriage, just because you've been married before, it doesn't mean that you're a professional at everything. It doesn't mean that you uh, are always better at everything the next time around. Sometimes you're more flawed because you got more scars and baggage to deal with. But the way that you stay confident 
in your marriage is through communication. That raw, open, honest communication. And just lifting those boundaries off. And putting all your cards on the table. And saying, this is what I've got. Will this work for you? What can we do to make this work for you? And you'd be amazed at how much pressure comes off. I had no idea that my spouse was dealing with the same challenges I was dealing with. I was like, oh, wow. So we are in the same boat. I feel better because I'm thinking, man, I wish, you know, I would love to be Barbie and 20 years old and be able to, you know, move and stretch and all that. But I just can't. Um, (laughs) It's just I'm not there. Um, And that's okay. That's okay. Um, I, I challenge you. If you're, you know, like I said, if you're in a relationship, you want to be in a relationship. Really start evaluating and remember that, you know, it's okay, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, past hurts and people that have been unfaithful to you, it's okay to remember. Yeah, I give you permission. If no one else gives you permission, I give you permission to remember what happened to you. But I do not give you permission to dwell on it. If you need to seek help on it, if you need to get therapy, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I I would see a therapist the rest of my life if I can, um, even when they think I don't need it. I'm like, nope, I need more therapy. Trust me, there's more things messed up in my head. Um, get help. It's not a shame thing to get help. If anything, it is a sign of strength because you're saying whatever it is I'm dealing with, I'm not going to let it wreak havoc in my life. I'm not going to let it control me. I'm going to control it and I will address it head on. Even if I have to grab people that have more knowledge than I do just to defeat this thing, because I won't leave place for the devil in my marriage. If you have to write stuff on the mirror, write it on your wall, put post-it notes up, whatever you got to do, record yourself and make it an alarm where you wake up in the morning and say, good morning, you beautiful, handsome thing, you you know, do it. Make a playlist if you have to. I've done this before where I literally, I took like a week and I researched all kinds of songs that sounded confident that had the right kind of verbiage and stuff that I wanted to listen to. Things that I wouldn't be afraid to hear. Uh, Things that I was like, okay, if I play this around my kids, I won't feel ashamed. I literally did that. I literally did that and made a music playlist and so that when I feel really, really down about my confidence, I play that song list just to get me motivated. You know, be creative. Find ways to pull yourself out of it. Um, Be confident in your own appearance. Be confident in your own appearance. And, you know, it's okay to tell your spouse, hey, I'm struggling with this. I'm trying to work on it, but I'd love to work on it with you. Because whatever confidence level I get, I want this. This is it for me. This relationship is what I want. Um, you know, do that. Don't be afraid. You can do this. I'm rooting for you. And I think your relationship will thank you as a result. Um, I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. I know it was a little lengthy. Um if you had comments, questions, I have finally done that treat for you that I promised. Yes. If you go to my website, www.xelbooks.com, 
click on podcast. You can actually see the podcast. You can see uh, previous episodes, what it's about, and listen on different ways. So if you're thinking, I want to listen on my computer, I want to listen on Apple, I want to listen on Google Podcasts, whatever it is, you can find it there. You can also go on my website and click on blog. If you click on blog, you can actually leave me a comment, reply to an episode. Um, you can say, hey, Molly, you, you know, what was that thing you were saying again? You know, I can put all that in there. So I want to engage with you. I want to hear from you. Let me know if you're like, hey, Molly, you don't make any sense when you talk about this. All right, give it to me. Be raw. You know, help me out. Or, hey, Molly, I really wish that you would talk more about this. Like, I don't care if you have to do three episodes, but break this down for me. I want to hear from you. Visit me on the web. Drop me a note. Leave me a comment. Put a blog on there. Leave me a Facebook message if you have to. Instagram. All of it. You just find it by XEL Books. All right. Thank you again for listening. Hope you have a wonderful, blessed day full of prosperity and joy.